Hello, I'm Pauline Larcina, the Early Childhood Director here at Three Crosses Church. Today, I want to talk to you about how you are aware. I'll start with a story about a moral dilemma involving a cookie under the table. Let me explain. My second born, he loves sweets, more than any of my other children. More than anyone in our household, as a matter of fact. That sweet tooth is strong in him. He will search the pantry for anything he could find to have something sweet after dinner, at every dinner. Knowing his affinity for sweets, early on we established some restrictions for our kids about sweets. One of these rules was pretty simple. We are a family of six. We have to share. This means we all get an even amount of whatever treat we have that day. One afternoon, when he was about four years old, there were some cookies left on the counter in the kitchen. He had already eaten his share of cookies after lunch. The only cookies left on the counter were the few that were saved for daddy. But when he thought no one was watching, he stretched his little hand up to that cookie plate and grabbed one of daddy's cookies. Then he dashed under the dining table to hide and under that dining table is where he came to face the biggest moral dilemma of his entire four years of life. As a four-year-old and knowing how much he loves sweets, I would have thought that he would naturally shove that cookie into his mouth as quickly as he could so he could go about the rest of his day and play. He loves chocolate chip cookies, but surprisingly enough, he didn't. He sat under that table for several minutes, almost frozen as he stared at that cookie that didn't belong to him. He didn't know that he was being watched. His struggle was palpable. After those agonizing minutes, he emerged from the dining table, saw his daddy, then walked right up to where his daddy was waiting. He went to stand right at his feet and stretched out his hand. Cookie still intact, his eyes turned away from the cookie because the temptation was so great, he shoved that cookie up to his daddy and, in an almost angry voice, said, I don't want it, and ran off. What, in fact, didn't he want? The cookie? No, he definitely wanted that cookie. Then what? It was guilt. He didn't want the guilt. He didn't want to go against his conscience. His moral compass had won out. At the age of four, he realized how difficult it is to fight against temptation, to take what didn't belong to him for himself. But why even fight it? Why not just succumb? Because he was aware, as we are all aware and as you are aware. Have you ever thought about where that moral awareness comes from? Well, as we have been discussing, we are made in the image of God, and with it, we have an inner sense of what is right and wrong impressed in our hearts. God created Adam and Eve in his image, with the righteousness and holiness of God. Adam and Eve, being righteous and holy, they had a perfect relationship with God. But also a reflection of God, Adam and Eve had free will. For with their freedom, Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God. That perfect relationship was tarnished and those scars of sin have been passed on to us, but we still retain that moral compass from whence we were created. Paul speaks of this in Romans 2, 14 to 15. 
Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Paul was speaking to the Jews. The Jews had the law as it was given to them by Moses at Mount Sinai. Yet the Gentiles, those who are not of the Jewish faith and who didn't know the law of Moses, they too know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. It is instinct. This is built into the human condition from the first creation of man as image bearers of God. We are witnesses in our world today of this instinctual obedience to God's law in many ways. We have a natural inclination to despise evil. We have it built into our laws, laws against murder, brutality, and cruelty. We cry in happiness over witnessing a good deed. We praise goodness and love. There are endorsements of this all around us when we see a shirt that says, Choose Kindness, a phrase which started out as an anti-bullying campaign to choose to be kind instead of choosing anger, hatred, or violence. Jesus taught us this in Mark 12, 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we have feelings of guilt when we know we are doing wrong. Just like my four-year-old with that cookie under the table, his conscience accused him. No one taught him to feel guilty. No one needs to teach guilt because we are aware, whether we listen to our conscience or not. So how do we glorify God as image bearers with this moral compass we have been given? You have to make a choice because we are aware of the choice, but the temptation of sin is great. It enslaves, and Jesus knew this. It was why he came for us. Through him and his sacrifice, he saves us from this enslavement. But it requires Jesus. Ephesians 4, 21-24 When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The likeness of God is in us all, but we glorify God as Christians by trusting Jesus and making a choice to put off your old self. In favor of God's righteousness and holiness, the damages of sin fogs God's reflection of righteousness, but it is still there written in our hearts. And so since we are aware, we glorify God by trusting in the Holy Spirit to lead us into righteousness.